Hey Atari Hackers, welcome to this week's episode where we are going to be talking about link building. And we are going to be talking about it because link building is changing quite a bit because of the fact that everyone is now doing shotgun skyscraper. I did not expect this to get this popular, but here we are today. And so link building is changing again and acquiring quality links is not just a matter of just mass emailing people to get links. And we are going to be talking about the ways you can adapt to this new reality in today's episode. So if you are excited for this link building episode, don't forget to subscribe like, give us a comment, etc. These help the podcast. And for now, let's get started with the episode. Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. And now your hosts, Gail Breton and Mark Webster. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Atari Hacker Podcast. As usual, when we get a lower number of downloads the week before, we make an episode only building the episode after, so we get the downloads back. So here we are with a bunch of link building tips that we're going to be talking about. And I'll be honest, I haven't prepared very well for that podcast. Mark has done most of the work, so he's going to be talking for most of that episode. But the truth is, he's the one managing our link building team, so he's going to be the one that is has more first-hand experience. My main goal here is going to be, you know, pushing him around and try to find flaws in our link building system. As I told to our team in our last link building meeting, I want plausible deniability. So if they do something dodgy, I can pretend I don't know what's going on, but I guess I will not know. I will not have that excuse after that podcast, sorry. But before we get started, Mark, how's it going? It's been a while actually that we recorded an episode, so I was dying to know how you're doing actually. If you remember in the last episode, I talked about getting my wall <laughs> the behind ground, me yeah. painted. <laughs> so it's happened. I'm sure you'll all have noticed <laughs> no. um, it's changed from one very subtle color of white to another very similar subtle color of white. But I think sounds it, like the the spread of like the English cuisine as well. You know, it's when you get it, cook is the same. You know, <laughs> it looks a lot less yellow. I would say. But this is just phase one, so there will be many colorful things. And I talked to a designer about getting a mural done on the wall today. So, you know, watch this space. There's a lot more to come. Well, such teasing. I hope your tips are better than your background. That's all I hope for this episode. That I I can promise you they will be. Okay, because literally Mark did all that stuff. And we're like, did you do anything? on the call and it was, and he's like yeah of course can't you see and nobody in our team noticed so yeah that was uh, I, I expected more canvas. after the last episode there'll be yeah, yeah. there'll be more color coming soon so don't worry. slightly whiter now it's not yellow anymore. Okay, well, good enough. Let's just jump into the podcast episode. Oh, by the way, subscribe, like, etc. And I wanted to say as well, this podcast episode might not be as well edited as it has been in the previous week. And the reason why is because our video editor, he's Ukrainian. And right now he's running away and trying to basically be safe. So he doesn't necessarily have time to edit that episode. So it might be released a bit raw. I hope you guys don't mind. And actually, we're probably going to drop a link for donation for Ukrainians in the description of this video. So if you guys want to do a donation, go ahead and do that. But yeah, that's probably why this episode is not going to be very well edited. But now let's jump into the topic and talk about that. So as I said, I didn't prepare very much, Mark. So you are going to have to host mostly. I'm just going to have to ask questions. Or even though I know some of the stuff you're going to talk about. Okay, so this podcast, this episode is basically a list of mistakes that I see a lot of people who are doing link building in 2022 make. Now, I believe we've actually done a podcast on mistakes people do with with link building some time ago, maybe two or three years ago. But a lot has changed since then. A lot has changed with our the way we do link building. Paid links is in the mix now, all that kind of stuff. So I'm just going to go through a bunch of things one by one, and you can kind of grill me on them to the best of your ability, or you can just sit there and, you know, 
twiddle your thumbs, not quite what, like... whatever you want. Yeah. So the first one we've got is, and this is all based on doing outreach-based link building. Some of it will apply to things like Harrow as well, but it's mostly for people who are doing cold outreach and trying to get a link. So the first one is that people are falling for inflated metrics. Now we all need metrics to help us understand whether a site's good or not, how powerful the link is, all this kind of stuff. But how good and how reliable are the metrics that your favorite keyword tool uses? Well, we have to remember that any metric you're having is just their estimation. It's not what Google actually thinks. It's the the whole, the map is not the territory saying. And in recent years, it's been possible, and we've seen this happen quite a lot actually, as we've been doing link building, that sites start gaming their SEO metrics Really? So that they can People sell would do that. links. Yeah, can really? you believe it? You know? <laughs> wow, what a world we live in, you know? This was very surprising to me in a non-sarcastic like, uh, world. Usually in SEO, people tend to like really respect the rules and just like play <laughs> nice with each other and stuff. So I'm really surprised, actually. So there are two ways in which this is happening. And uh, the first one is sites are basically gaming DR, domain rating, or whatever the equivalent metric is. Ahrefs domain rating DR is essentially a zero to 100 score of how many links slash how good those links are that a site has. It doesn't take into account any on-page It's an Ahrefs matrix as well. But like other tools have other metrics similar, like domain authority and uh, authority yeah. score for SEMrush, et cetera, right? Exactly. Now, it's possible to use things like redirects from, say, Google. This doesn't work anymore, but last year, I believe, or the year before, there was a way in which you could put in like google.com slash URL Q question mark equals domain.com. And it would it's basically like redirects to your domain, but it's a redirect from Google, from google.co.uk, from google.in. You all these like Google TLDs redirecting to your site, and that would allow you to game your DR. And there are any site which allows you to create a redirect to your own site, you can essentially do this. And for a while, this was working. I believe they kind of cottoned on to it. But there are still plenty of other tactics out there out there that are working like this, which I'm not going to go through because I don't want everyone else to. There was a lot that got patched. Like I give an old one that worked probably like six years ago. If you were adding a website to your YouTube profile, it was actually a do follow link. <laughs> So you were getting like a DR98 link or something like this just uh, on day one of your site and you jump to like DR20 plus. Uh, it's been patched a while ago, but like there is still some around, but a lot of them are uh, fixed now, I would say. Yeah, but uh, it's still possible. And we see this almost every week, sites which have, have been gaming uh, their DR. We think we've been gaming their DR. Now you might then think, well, well, you know, just look at traffic, then that'll tell you uh, the real deal, like whether it's a, it's a legit site or not. Well, they've also been gaming the traffic metrics on, on Ahrefs and on, on other tools as well. So there are a number of keywords out there which have just insane volume, but very low keyword difficulty. A famous example which was doing the rounds on various Facebook groups recently was the keyword 0x0 space 0x0. Now this is some kind of error that Microsoft Windows displays quite frequently, apparently, because 50 million people search for it per year, give or take. And currently it's keyword difficulty seven. When I looked at it last year, it was keyword difficulty zero. 
So what people were doing is ranking, not even for the main term, but for a variation or a long tail version of that, or even you rank on page two or three for that term, you're still getting thousands or hundreds of thousands of visits per month, according to Ahrefs, according to SEMrush and various other tools. Then if you're not looking closely, if you're looking at a site that has a uh, hundred thousand traffic, then, oh, it's a legit site. It must be, must be real. But instead, what you need to go and do is look at the top keywords report in Ahrefs organic search. And then you can see, are they all just ranking, is all of the traffic from this one keyword and is it a bullshit keyword? Or are they, do they have a ton of pages ranking for relevant keywords to the topic? So it takes two seconds just to do a little bit more due diligence there, but it can, it can help you to avoid this. Similarly with the, the DR thing, if you just go into the backlinks report, sort by descending order of DR, and then if you see a ton of redirects at the top, then you can start to think, oh, maybe that something's going on here. They're trying to inflate the I found the a DR. new one, actually. I was just, uh, while you were talking, a short link shortness. They work and they show as links on your... So like the if you have a bit.ly shortened link, for example, you get a DR95 link, AR29 link to your site. And that's going to boost... And like you can probably find 100 link shortness sites that have like the R60 plus or something quite easily. I'm pretty sure you could boost DR quite decently just doing that. So uh, yeah. But basically... SEOs have been like, oh, we need traffic. We need the tra- uh, links from URLs with traffic. We need links from domains with traffic. We need to see Google likes it, etc. And link sellers were like, okay, we need these links. And then now they find a bunch of shitty ways to fake these metrics. And then uh, people are just blindly buying into this. And the industry is becoming hypocritical and not very not having a lot of critical sense again. And a bunch of people are buying a bunch of shit links, thinking they are good links, thinking it's going to help them, but really they're shit. That's what you're saying. Yeah, basically. And it's not so much that this is like a, a huge problem. It just happens a lot. It's just people are lazy and they don't look into the metrics enough to, to really understand it. They just want that. What's the traffic? What's the DR? It's you know, it's in a spreadsheet somewhere. Their their agency that they bought the links from has has given them those metrics and they're they're happy with that. But just a little bit of looking beneath the surface and you'll you'll find all these these issues. The goal with links that you, you're getting is you really want to get a link from a real site. Right? And the sites who are doing this to inflate their metrics are generally not real sites. What I mean by that is they exist purely to sell you links. They're not making money with affiliate marketing or with ads or with, with anything else because they don't have real traffic. They don't have a real business model. They just exist to, to get you links. And you generally want to avoid those sites. I would also say that certain agencies, and they differ how they do this, but They'll often specify, oh, we get you links, but they all have traffic. And then they'll give you a minimum of, they'll say our minimum is a thousand visitors per month. But I don't know about you, but a thousand visits per month is not particularly shit, yeah. indicative <laughs> of a good site. Especially always. if the site has like 10,000 pages from guest posts or something. Like, yeah, it's, it's or, if it used to have, or if it used to have 20,000 visits per month and it's gone down to 1,000 or something. You know? by, so that like standard, tra- yeah, by that standard, House Ambition is a very successful site, you know? The trajectory of a site is important. And so, you know, again, just looking into the, the organic traffic over time, when you think about it, 1,000 visits per month, that's 33 visits per day. Between you going to the, your own site and you know various crawlers and keyword stuffing tools and all sorts of stuff like that, like the, just the, the, the spam traffic you get normally takes you over that, that number anyway. So yeah, it's got to be careful, careful with that. 
So anyway, that's the first first one. I have Falling a question for, for you. Where do you put your threshold then? Let's say the site is real. Like, what would you say is a site like is? Well, if the site's real, it doesn't matter how much traffic they have. Okay, that's the thing. But if you're only relying on DR and traffic to look at, then you start getting into a situation where you have to set criteria. You know, DR this or above, traffic this or above is my requirements. But if I'm doing a link building campaign and I see a a real site by, let's say there's a local business in, let's say we're doing our paintball site again, right? And the oh, local yeah, paintball field here here in Edinburgh, Scotland, which is DR zero and gets 200 visits per month, but it's a real business. Like I've been there. I haven't actually, but like, let's say, let's say I had. We'll show the photo right now on the mural. <laughs> we could get me on the green screen with a paintball gun, you know. Go, go oh, you can just pretend you have anyway, a mask. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good one actually anyway if I know it's a real business then uh, fine I'm happy to get a link link from there the criteria okay. d- don't really matter I think relevancy place. matters so as well are, right it's like the less relevant the site is the no. more successful you want it to be so it's kind of that cone of like if the site is very relevant I don't care how big it is but if the site is not so relevant then I would want it to be a bigger site and it's kind of like you have that funnel basically where it's like either big site that is not so relevant or small size that is relevant and anything in between and kind of scales like the more authoritative the site is the less it has to be relevant for me to want a link there I would say that's kind of the way I would look at it yeah and uh, I'm gonna jump ahead to like the, our final one in the list just because I think it's, it's relevant here You're really tired um, so <laughs> Yeah, but one thing I'm going to talk about later, or let's talk about it now, is that overthinking bad links is just like pointless. So you're going to get some shit links in there. Every site, all of our sites have terrible links in there, most of which we didn't even build ourselves. One or two that we do build ourselves, which are bad looking back on things, slip through. But if it happens, like, don't worry too much about it. You know, just move on. Like, it'll, it's a small, Percentage number in the in the grand scheme of how, how many links you're getting in total. Yeah, it makes me so, it makes me laugh. it makes me think of uh, of this Reddit. I mentioned the the subreddit just start. I think one time they actually made a post mentioning that I mentioned them. So maybe they were mentioned that I mentioned them that I, they mentioned me, whatever. But anyway, people were uh, taking the URL of the case study site for tasks and just like picking that one bad like the couple of bad links that it has because it does. Uh, I would say some links is like it's not the best thing. Some of them are great. Some of them are not perfect. And just basically just betting on the downfall of this site based on these three bad links or something. So it's like, I think that that goes to these kind of people where it's like, yeah, not everything that you do on all your sites is absolutely perfect. And, you know, you'd show it to your mom, let's just say. Probably not. But at the same time, not everything has to be perfect, provided 80% of what you do is good enough. You probably do fine. And uh, you should check your competitors. You'll see that you'll find a bunch of shitty links. And I was going to say, you should check the links of the top three results of the most competitive keywords in your industry. And you will find a lot of shitty links, a lot of bad stuff, etc. And Google still puts them on top of everything. So that's, I think for me, that is the proof of concept that you can get away with not so good stuff sometimes. If you look at any site's backlink profile, you'll find tons of terrible links. And this was something which we did and a number of other agencies did this back when we had an agency. Uh, if you're pitching a client and they've said, oh, we've, we've worked with this SEO agency before, you just go through the links they built. Like, oh yeah, this isn't good. Look at this one, look at this one, look at this one. It's like very easy to find negative things that other SEOs or in-house SEOs have, have done. Yeah, it's kind of like um, the game to get the other guy but, fired and just uh, sw- like get, them, get people to swap agency, right? I mean... 
that's how it works. And then people are going to criticize your work behind your back when they go talk to another agency, your clients. It's just the agency dance. That's how I call it. Yep. Every time yep. there's a Google update, <laughs> people go talk to another agency. This other agency finds the three things that were not so good, highlight it to the client, says these guys are shit, then they get hired, then next update they still get smashed and then they change again, basically. The classic agency dance process. Do you want to drag on the next point? Yeah, so the next one is on unnatural placements. So you often see people stuff in a link where you can see why they've put it there because like there's a, a keyword related to it, but they'll they'll it totally won't fit in with the context of it. Like there'll be a link to your golf site in the a car blog next to a Volkswagen Golf or something like that. Or got, I asked our link building team for any recent examples they had, and they sent us this one, which I'll put on screen now. It's of most hated countries in the world. And then I don't even know why someone created this article, but underneath Colombia, <laughs> just, just for the record, <laughs> I like Colombia. It's not a bad country at all, but it says like also stuff about the drug trade and, and, all the like Pablo Escobar stuff. And then at the end, it says someone's just stuck in the sentence, by the way, people like to date. And then the anchor text is Colombian girls. And it's a link to like a, I don't know, dating site site or something like that. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just like, that is the least amount of effort someone, I think I've ever seen someone put in to, to get, get, make the link placement look natural. It just, it stands out a mile away and is just, just not good. So the litmus test here and what you should be asking yourself when you're looking back on links you make is would this site conceivably naturally link to you there? Now, I know most sites aren't linking to your commercial pages and and all that stuff, but just conceivably could it happen? In this case, no. Nobody would ever link to Colombian girls at the anchor text right there. I think uh, there. our friend no Eduardo sense. would probably in that context, but uh, other than that... <laughs> oh, let's not go there. <laughs> we'll get him on the podcast to talk I about think the darker be, uh, side of SEO someday. Very interesting. On the other hand, you know, if I wanted to be playing devil's advocate, I think like how much does that really affect SEO and how much does Google really catch this? I've seen sites rank which really, really, really out of context links like that. So I think it's more... I would recommend this more for the sake of safety if you get manually reviewed or something like that. As for algorithms picking this up in the cleanest way, not so much. I've seen sites do quite well with just buying placements on random pages like this. So I agree, but that's kind of what I wanted to say is to do this properly, is it's really not difficult at all. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's two things that people miss. First, when you're doing a link insertion, which is when you are paying for or getting another site to add your link to an existing article. It can be tricky, right? If the right sentence or the right paragraph doesn't exist in there, trying to stuff in a, a few words or, or, or find, find some anchor text, it's difficult. So just write another paragraph. Two sentences is enough, uh, and you can stick it at the end of one of the sections and fit it in. And it, it's really not, in fact, it's sometimes easier, it's faster to do that sometimes than it is to really figure out exactly where the best place Within the article, I think should, it's also be, obvious if, when if you put it at the end. Options. I think it's much better at the beginning. So, like in that paragraph, for example, you could have put like, despite people loving get to date Colombian girls, Colombia is still one of the most hated countries because blah blah blah. And then you would put that link, and it would already feel a lot less bad, even though it's yeah. obvious because it's the only link like that in the article. If there was two or three links like that in the article, it would be a lot less obvious, I would say. So don't put it at the end, put it mid-sentence or at the beginning. It is uh, usually a lot, a lot less obvious, I would say. 
And the the other thing to consider is if you're doing a guest post where you're you're writing the whole whole post and sending it, what often happens in companies and agencies is you'll come up with a topic, you'll agree that with the host site. You'll then go to your writer and say, "Hey, can you write an 800-word article about this topic?" and they'll they'll do it. And then you, the site owner or the link builder, will then go and take that article and like fit the link in. First of all, that creates more work for yourself and you're encountering the same issue where it's sometimes difficult to fit it in if the writer hasn't written it with this in mind. So what we've been doing quite successfully lately is we have targets lists for uh, like high and medium and low sometimes priority places that we want to link to on our site. And so when we give an odd guest post to write to one of our writers, we give them this target list and sometimes even, hey, we want to link specifically to this page. Can you can you fit it in? So we just get the writer to do the work and then it's much easier for them to naturally fit it in. That's, again, it's a really simple thing, but it helps a lot. Yeah, I think a lot of people are really lazy in their placements and I think it can have, I would say do it for people. Like if you're going to pay for the placement, maybe like write it for people because if you ask the site to do it, a lot of people probably won't do it to the standards you expect it to be done, to be honest. Next. Yeah, so the next one is paying for links to your low value pages. So back in the day when we weren't doing any paid links, (laughs) we would take a link to really wherever we we could get it because we're so happy that people would would link to us. But I, I mentioned this before when we talked about paid links, when it becomes more of a transactional thing, we're giving you this, so you give us these links then you can be a bit more, I guess, demanding on exactly how you want that to go down. So one thing which I see a lot of people not do is they'll, they'll, they won't have a clear idea about where, they, where they're trying to link to or which pages they're trying to push or which, which pages on their site have a lot of internal links to other pages they want to push. So, you know, stuff, yeah. uh, link juice flows around, which is a big thing. So just, first of all, having a targets list, very important. And then second, when you have the opportunity to get get a link, like go for that commercial link to the affiliate review or the, the sales page or, or whatever it is that it's hard to build links to naturally, right? Whatever makes you money as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, just, just do that. Don't be afraid to, to ask for that. Yeah, basically when you pay for links, the rules change, right? You dictate how it's done, not the site. <laughs> like you're the customer at this point. And so you, you dictate how you want that service to be executed, not the site that hosts the link deciding how they link to you because they're doing a favor to you. It's a huge change of dynamic. And I think a lot of people have made that transition for paying for links. We've made a lot of podcasts on that, so you guys can go check that out. But I think people have not necessarily made that mental transition, despite the fact that maybe they have switched to paying for links. And I think, yeah, you need to treat this like, I'm paying for that service. This is how I want it. And sometimes you might, you know, you might want, uh, for example, what I like is I like to request a link on a page that receives a good amount of link on that site, for example. I think that has lots of value to me rather than like a random guest, a random page that has zero link or something. So I think, you know, I put the site in Ahrefs, I look at the top pages by link, and then I look at kind of a connection to one of my money pages and I'd be like, okay, guys, I want a link from this page to this page and I want this anchor text. Even if it costs more, usually it's not going to be that much more that it's given how much more valuable that link is going to be because really you're going to have a lot more I've almost never it. seen, I've 
fact, I don't think I've ever seen a situation where we've agreed, okay, we're going to pay you X for a link. And then we've told them what link we've had. And they said, oh, no, sorry, we, we're going to charge you more for that because it's a review. Yeah. Or and a even if it happens, if it's a bit more, it's like, whatever. I mean, it's not more the target on your site. It's more the page on their site where you want the link from. Because some pages are worth 100 times more than others, depending on the links they receive, right? The links to page. And so if you pick the right page on the domain, you can really get a lot more value from your links. And so I would be willing to pay even up to, you know, 1.5 times if it was the one of the top three most linked to page on the site versus like a random page that receives no external link. And so, yeah, changing that relationship, dictating how you want things, uh, and negotiating around that, I think is something that not many people do. And I think also people are lazy to even do that work of finding the most valuable pages on a given domain and doing that connection with their sites because you need to find a relevancy link as well between them. You can't just pick the most linked to page. Uh, you need to find a way that you would insert your link in a semi-natural way at least. But doing that work, you get so much more mileage and you get much more bang for your buck as well if you're paying for links, I would say. The other thing on this, I would say, is that if you if you have a target list of, let's say, 20 sites that you're working on, make a Google Analytics custom report with all of those uh, URLs in oh, we're it. Doing that, yeah. And then you can track over time how much traffic those those pages are getting, and is your link building working? It's quite motivating. Like the cohort that we've been looking, we've been working on for the like last three months, which just doubled in traffic on one of our sites. So it's, it's really good to see that. It's quite motivating for the link building team as well to kind of see the fruits of of their labor. Sort of on a similar note to this as well, and we're talking about not being afraid to ask for things, to ask for links to specific pages. Don't be afraid to ask for more than one link as well. And again, this especially goes when you're you're paying for links, but also works on on free links as well. Uh, if you're doing a guest post, it's a good opportunity to get a lot of to put multiple links to your content in there, especially because you can shape your content, write write it in such a way that you reference you know several different resources around your your site that you want to link to. Or you can also link to other people's sites that are doing link building as well. And you can get into a situation where you're doing this trade, like we'll we'll get you one link from this site and you get us one from a similar-ish kind of uh, site. And, and you can enhance your link building by kind of doing other people's link building at the same time. It doesn't cost you anything extra and it doesn't really take any, any extra effort. So if you know other people who are doing link building, this swapsy kind of thing is a pretty popular tactic these days. We're as doing well. yeah, quite a bit of this uh, these days, I think. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's it, it works basically combining the effort of people and making your team basically. It's becoming a, it's becoming a team game versus a, a single. You can build a team if you're doing link building and you want to swap, then get in touch. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what we can <laughs> just do. Just go in the comment section on YouTube. Just just find people if you want. To. But um, I wanted to say as well that uh, like. Really, one one kind of theme of this podcast I want I want to get across is when you're doing negotiation, when you're doing link building, like don't be afraid to ask for a little bit more because more often than not they'll they're happy to to give you extra links to you know link to to higher value pages from higher value pages. All this stuff is once you have that agreement in principle and you've agreed to pay the money, it's they're kind of happy to accommodate you. Is, is what I'm saying. Yeah, you're the client. Yeah. What's the next point? Falling for guest post farms. So this this kind of falls under what we talked about before with the inflated metrics, but it's it's different because you you get a lot of 
guest post farms, which don't have inflated metrics, like they haven't been using those tactics I, I described earlier, they just gen- legitimately have that authority or the domain rating or the, the, the traffic. This may be because the site you know, is just, it's just old or they have done some legit SEO in the past or it's a drop domain. It's a very common thing that, that people do. They'll get a drop domain that's, you know, DR60 or something, rebuild the site, turn it into, create a bunch of general categories so that they can appeal to a much wider audience and sell more links. And then, uh, yeah, turn that into the, the business model, sell links. And you can make good money doing this. I know of, I don't know them personally, but I know of people making, you know, seven figures a year selling links this way with a so Why are we building of, sites again? Of, of sites. So, like, oh, I mean, it's a it's a fairly short lived game. I would I would imagine. I don't think. Yeah, you don't need that many that long lived game. But once everyone watches this podcast, <laughs> they'll be wise and they they will be. Oh, and be by the way, next week we have our new site farm blueprint to teach you how to sell a bunch of shitty links. No, it's not true. But uh, yeah, I, I think it is a it is a viable. It's a vi- there's a demand for it, and you can make money from it. And I think the truth is, I think you don't need to be as talented as you have to be for some other more difficult business models. Absolutely. 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 And I think this sometimes happens more in the agency world because as site owners, we're very concerned with how we spend our own money, right? But with an agency, especially if the client's not that SEO savvy. Yeah, they don't check. You know, you're, you're getting them links. They don't really know what to look at. And think, oh, it's a real site. Oh, that's traffic. Okay, fine. So they're more willing to take that route than, than perhaps we are. I do have a good example of a, a site here, this Film Daily. We see tons of sites like this, and they just cover every topic, you know, news, TV, lifestyle, yeah, talk about the new learn, Batman all movie. this other stuff. Yeah, which I'm going to see on Thursday, so mm-hmm. no spoilers, please. I haven't um, seen it, so can't tell. Can't so sites like this, when I look at this site, I my spidey sense just goes off. And I think this could potentially be a, uh, a guest post farm. And the reason for that is because there's, it's not really obvious who's behind it. There, there's very rarely a, an about page or a, a real person. And the only business model that they seem to have is, is just pumping out shit content. If you look at the, the links that they have, uh, the sites that they're linking Ooh, to recently. Yeah, I'm checking that right all, now. AsianOnlineCasino.net. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. ArgoCasino.com, 777Pokies.casino, GoldenReels-blog. That doesn't look very uh, very promising. Yeah. So, like, the number one report, I, I don't even try to think. I just throw them in Ahrefs. I look at the linked domain report. I look for the casino sites. That's pretty much. You have to be careful, though, because if you go and say to people, hey, if you look, uh, look at that yeah, report yeah, and yeah. find casino sites, don't get a link. True. You're not building any links because all of the casino sites, they're getting links on these sites, but they're also getting links on On good sites. Not all, but many of the good sites as well, especially. I'm looking at the density of casino sites. Let's just say that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like I'm looking at how often I find them compared to other types of proper sites. Yeah. So that is the way to do it. But there's obviously a lot of nuance in that. And it's it's hard to give a blanket rule. And and often people will 
decline a good link just because they see one casino site in there, which, which they're you pretty good casino sites. So they have lots of money, so they do get links, yes. And they like they eventually Google could just not discard any site that has links to casino sites because I actually like Harvard links to a ton of casino sites because everyone's trying to get edu links and stuff. So like what do we discard Harvard.edu? Like what do we do? <laughs> no, that's not how it goes. So yeah, you need to be a little careful. With that, but like, you know, when I open the report and like, you know, I don't even scroll and I see like six casino sites and then next to something called buytruefollowers.com, which I know this is, you know, selling followers on Instagram, etc. And it's typical industry that's buying links. I see uh, this golden real stuff, this like this rock, a lot of dodgy stuff, basically. If you see like mail enhancements, casino, like selling followers, crypto investment, crypto, uh, scams, <laughs> like yeah. basically as soon as you start following into that, it's becoming very frequent in your link report, then yeah, on top of like being a site that talks about everything, that's when you're like, yeah, probably, probably not a good target. Yeah. So again, a site that talks about everything is not necessarily a guest post farm, but a lot of them are. So it's just one thing to be aware of. Yeah, if there's no real person behind it and if you're linking out to a ton of crap sites, then be very careful. Yeah, and what are the metrics of that site, actually? Like, is it okay? Don't know, let me uh I'm opening it. 73, actually. they are 73, actually. And uh, 930k organic traffic. So here you go, like, metrics that people would be quite excited about. And to be frank, like, do you think, uh, like, how much do you think a link from that site helps your rankings? Like, it's a very vague question, because, like, how much is, like, you know, six? <laughs> it's like, yeah. how do you answer this? So, <laughs> I think there are two, yeah, I think there are two scenarios. Either it has no impact at all uh-huh. or it does have some impact or, already but it may not <laughs> in future better than it depends um, I would say <laughs> so, <laughs> so either so, it helps or it doesn't yeah <laughs> exactly but, thank you <laughs> if I was going to put my money out I would say that it probably actually does in some way it probably does uh, depend work at the moment yeah no I, I'd say having that link will improve your link portfolio overall today but I wouldn't necessarily want to get that link. If, if Google was releasing an update that was targeting links, that kind of links, I would believe, would be within the target pool. That's like, I think Absolutely. It, it probably helps yeah. today. In today's environment, if nothing changes ever, it's probably a link that is valuable to get. The day Google releases a link update, which one day will happen, I don't know if it's in two months or if it's in two years, but one day Google will look at links again. That might not be the kind of stuff that passes the, the filter, basically. And this comes into your appetite for, for risk, risk and yeah. what kind of business you're building. Is it short-term, long-term? These casino sites, these crypto investment things, so uh, you know, they make a ton of money really quickly, but they're not lasting 10 years, you know, that something's going to happen to these sites and they'll just move to a new domain, build it again, you know, start or they have 10 other ones. So their appetite for risk is going to be different from yours, you know, hopefully if you're, you're building a, a legit authority site that you want to last for years, decades even. So I think that's that's, why it's a, a different. that's a debate I'd like to open in another podcast one day. Like, is it now, now that you've pretty much opened up to buying links? Now the question is like, is it more profitable slash easier to rank and tank or build in the long term? You know, obviously we are Tori Hacker, we're promoting long term business. But I think I think when you cross that line of paying for links, that is a question that needs to be discussed, even though you might strongly feel for one way or another. I think it's an interesting discussion to have, provided you don't do anything illegal as well. 
I, I do think it's interesting. I also think it really depends on what it is you're selling and what business you have. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would say that ethically, you know, our our, our values, our morals are, you know, pretty pretty decent. Uh, certainly compared to <laughs> I'm a, a, good a lot of sites out there. <laughs> yeah, but you know, the more you go into that short term play. Uh, the more this stuff is is worthwhile, but like it's it's more a case of is that the is that the kind of business you want to run or, or life you want to lead, you know? I know one person who ran a bunch of like borderline scammy sites like that, and uh, had a mental breakdown uh, of it; just couldn't take it anymore. And uh, yeah, they they don't uh, do that. I, anymore, I don't know who so. that is, but I always used to make that joke that uh, people like you know stack that money that uh, like paid affiliate. Forum, right? A lot of people do like porn ads and stuff like that and work in these really dodgy industries. And the joke was that uh, the job is to Photoshop dicks on uh, Photoshop all day to to sell some male enhancement or something like this. And it's like a terrible, a terrible, terrible lifestyle, basically. And actually, I talked to some of them and it's like, while they made tons of money, it really is not nice. So there's all a lot of questions to ask, but I think what is interesting is that from the moment you start paying for links, you're kind of making one step in that direction. And it's, it is, right? It's, uh, if you were really legit, if you were like 100% pure and everything, you would not even pay for links, right? You'd be like, no, my stuff's going to be so good. I will never pay for links and I'll just accept the long run, etc." So once you've made that first step, I think it is that question of like, how far do you go and what is worth it, what is not worth it, and what fits into your system of ethics as well as a person. But it's like, I think we should make a whole podcast on that. Maybe we should even invite people or something. Like, uh, I think it'd be a cool one to talk about with like my Digity or something. If, if you have a male enhancement site and you would like to come on this podcast <laughs> and talk about it, no, I don't, I don't think uh, I don't think we're ready for that on our podcast yet. But it, a lot of these things are, are, are questions like is, is money more important to you or like is just running a decent business but having a, a good life, like a, li- a walk and a lifestyle that is interesting because it was the same with PBNs, right? When PBNs were all the rage and, and I, now people have realized and that uh, just paying other sites is cheaper than running PBNs for a lot of people. Like people were just setting up WordPress all day and just doing shitty sites all day long with spun content and so on. It was terrible. It wasn't fun, right? But some people were making really good money selling uh, payday loans on these and selling all these like a really expensive affair offers. And it, it was int- an interesting question of like the balance of like happiness, quality of work, growing your own skills versus how much money they can make, basically. So I think we should uh, we should open that topic at one point because it's an interesting topic. Do we have one more point? Yeah, we have two more. So the next one is failing to negotiate or failing to negotiate hard. And this is a... A real issue I see with a lot of people doing outreach, especially because us as website owners tend to be more kind of introverted and less like salesy, hard negotiator type. But you really kind of have to when you're 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 paying for links, especially. And I've seen a lot of guides out there say that you should you know lowball them by fifty percent or a bit forty percent of what they they offer and stuff. I don't think it's any like general rule that you can you can apply because some sites really overinflate their value and you really do need to super lowball them. So our rule of thumb is that if it makes you or if it doesn't make you really uncomfortable offering like a really low price back to them, then you haven't gone low enough. So if you're like, oh yeah, that's about fair price, then you need to go lower. You need to be uncomfortable with the number and be almost embarrassed that you're offering so low. Because I can tell you from, from doing this a lot, it, it just works. We've got, uh, I'll put an example on the screen. 
where this website was, we'll blur out the, the actual website, but they were charging us 175 pounds for a guest post. That was their first offer. And we responded, can we make it work at 30 this one time? $175 pounds is about, what, $200, $220? So 30s, 35 bucks, something like that. A huge, what's that, a sixth of what they, they offered. And then they said, yes, 30 pounds is fine. Thank you. <laughs> you don't ask, you don't get. Yeah. Now I've watched The Apprentice, so I know I know all this stuff, you know. Sometimes what happens is a site will use a negotiating strategy of telling you that they don't negotiate. So they'll say the fee is, in this case, I'll put it on screen, $99. This is non-negotiable. And so what do we do? We negotiate with them. So we we all we lowballed them, we offered them $40. I think it was a, an all right site. They said, no, it wouldn't be possible. So we went back and said, we would be able to stretch to $50, but this is the most we can do. Can we make it work? And they said, okay. So the non-negotiable people who were selling for $99 uh, went with 50. And they named their first son Mark uh, as well. So And this is this is just uh this is just a couple of examples. You know, if you're if you're doing this a lot, then you really need to be pushing hard, pushing into your pushing out of your comfort zone and uh, you can get a lot lot more than you'd, you'd probably expect. If price negotiation isn't working, then try and get extra links, links to other sites, links from different pages, better pages, all that stuff. Just I think, yeah, which page links you, to your you site? Can. It's the negotiation point, in my opinion, because nobody cares. I mean, maybe after this podcast, people will care, but uh, nobody cares and you can get, uh, as I said, way, 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 like a hundred times better links if it's the right page linking to your site. So I'm, I'm surprised that people don't care about this as much. The next point we've got is also kind of around negotiation. It's just on losing control of your, your emotions. And this is a surefire way to kill any negotiation. There are, in general, two things that are really frustrating or the, that are the most frustrating, I find, with, with link building negotiation. One is when someone is taking a lot of your time Right, you have a fifty email chain back and forward, and they're they're arguing over the last twenty five cents of the price. It kind of reminds me of uh, I went to Marrakesh seven eight years ago in Morocco, and they have this like bazaar where they're selling all sorts of goods, and they spent hours negotiating not hours but like five minutes negotiating with you on everything, and everything's always. 10, 20 times more than the actual cost. And oh, everyone yeah. knows this, everyone knows the game, but they'll do it. They'll bring the calculator out and say, oh, what's your best price? Go back and forth, back and forth. This whole negotiation dance is designed to take your time. So you, you kind of invested in the process. You're a bit tired, a bit weary. So you're more likely to, to concede. And you've come this far. You've sent them, in this case, you know, 40 emails. And then there's like the $5 what they're arguing over at the end. So like, oh, well, I've, I've invested all this time. It's a sunk cost. I might as well just agree to it. So you get a little, little bit more. Now for some people, for some sites, it's, it's worth doing that to squeeze a, a little bit more money out of you. I find it quite annoying as someone who, you know, values his time. But you have to kind of like keep control of your emotions and, and avoid giving in too easily or, uh, you know, saying something you you probably shouldn't to them. Um, in an attempt to to get it done quickly, because it's it's not gonna not gonna help the situation at all. And the other negotiation situation is when they just don't really have a good idea of what their site's worth. I mean, this is fine if they if they underestimate it, but often they'll overestimate it. So you'll you'll be looking for a link from a dr forty site with you know ten thousand traffic or something like that, and they'll say, oh, that's six hundred dollars. 
And it's like, there's no way in hell. It's just, it's so far out that that's, that doesn't even make sense. And you have this, you try and negotiate and they're like, sorry, it's, it's, it's fixed. Or the most, the best I can do is 590, something like that. I think they're confused with like influencer deals or something like. Yeah, so that that's that can be a common thing that they they think you want access to their their brand or their their community yeah, or something. They don't, when they don't even really have one. Yeah, it's like we we just want want the link. So they they're kind of unaware and as try as you will to kind of educate them on on how the the whole market for that works. It's just it's pointless. Uh, you're you're wasting your time with that. So just move on and and find another site really. So yeah, just in general, keep control of your emotions and uh, and remember it's always it's a business deal. It's not personal, so don't get too frustrated when uh, when people piss you off. And a lot of will. people don't know about SEO as well. Like it sounds like it's like you know when you are in this industry, you you think like everyone knows that stuff. Like when I talk to people, I just assume everyone knows exactly how Google ranks stuff. But like no, like when I tell my mom how does Google rank stuff, she thinks that it's when people click on the results, you know, uh, which you know it probably is part of it. But like it's not the main thing, you know. It's like otherwise, like you never have a chance if you don't rank number one. So yeah, it happens. Anything else that we need to cover? No, I think that's that's everything. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. We hope the editing was okay for that podcast. We don't really know how it's going to come out, to be honest. But we are thinking very much about uh, Maxim, our video editor, who is a good friend of ours, and uh, hopefully he's going to be okay. And thank you for listening. Yeah. And yeah. No, I was just going to say, remind people again, I'm not exactly sure what format we're going to do, but in the YouTube description and comments, we'll put a link so you can donate some money to the good people of Ukraine in this uh yeah, difficult yeah. hour of theirs. Exactly. So please do that. And uh, also, please, while you're down there, just click on the like, subscribe, all that stuff. And uh, we'll see you in two weeks for another episode. Have a good day. Bye. Bye.